Hello, I'm Ronnie Lutz. This is The Liner Project. Man, oh man, today is an exciting day for me. Today is the day I get to talk about one of my favorite bands, probably top five bands of all time, maybe the top band, I'm not sure, Uncle Tupelo. We bought their four CDs back in the early 2000s. I think we bought them from eBay because we couldn't find them anywhere else. And we had a Jeep Liberty that had a CD changer in the back. For those of you who don't know what a CD changer is, it held six discs. So this CD changer had four Uncle Tupelo CDs, which were No Depression, March 16 to 20, 1992, Anodyne, and Still Feel Gone. It had a Jay Farrar CD, which is a member of that band, and it had one other CD that I can't remember. We played those CDs constantly. So Uncle Tupelo's from Belleville, Illinois. I've talked about them in the past. I talked about them on the trailer for sure, 100%. The two main members of Uncle Tupelo were Jay Farrar and Jeff Tweedy. They both sang and they both wrote the songs. They met in high school in Illinois, in Belleville, Illinois. The name Uncle Tupelo was created by combining two randomly chosen words from the dictionary. I think they came up with some pretty a pretty cool name, but that's how they did it. They played music from 87 to 94. They were having some issues at the end. Farrar kind of left the band due to the relationship that he had with Tweedy, that it had gone bad. And when he left, Jeff Tweedy basically took all the other members of Uncle Tupelo and created a band, another band. And Jay Farrar went on his way and created a band named Sunbolt. When they left, an apocryphal story, maybe, I don't know, I couldn't find out whether this was true or not, but Jay Farrar only asked one thing, and that was for Jeff Tweedy and the rest of the band to not use the name Uncle Tupelo. In the military, when you comply with something, when you will comply with something, you will say, Roger, Wilco, and the Wilco is short for will comply. So Jeff Tweedy and the rest of Uncle Tupelo made the band Wilco. Wilco is a fairly famous uh, alt-country band. Sunbolt, not so much. I don't have to be on either side. I like both, but I think Jay Farrar is a little more my style. This band's impact was way larger than their commercial success ever was. The whole genre of this music was originally called No Depression off of their first album. No Depression was a song that was a Carter, an old Carter family song. Very good song. They redid it in an album called No Depression, song No Depression, and there was a whole, the whole music genre was named after that. There was even a magazine of the same name. Sean and I subscribed to it for a long time. Later, this became known as Alt Country. Alt Country is much better known than No Depression, although maybe most people haven't even heard of Alt Country. I'm not so sure. Anyway, there's a lot of good bands. Bottle Rockets, the first band we listened to, would have been considered an Alt Country band. You will hear more because it's one of my favorite genres. This song is off their 1994 album, which is their last album that they did, and it's near and dear to my heart because the name of this song is New Madrid. Yes, it's New Madrid. I know you probably looked it up, and if you did your homework, you heard them sing it, and you were like, why are they saying New Madrid and not, I mean, (laughs) why are they saying New Madrid and not New Madrid? Well, like everything in Missouri, it's a little off. It's New Madrid. I grew up there. I was born, well... Let me rephrase that. I wasn't born in New Madrid County. I actually was born in Stoddard County in Dexter, but I lived in Morehouse, which was in New Madrid County. Really, I was at a confluence of three different counties, New Madrid, Scott, and Stoddard, all right together. 
I grew up in New Madrid. I went to high school in Scott. They're all right there together. New Madrid, the city, is also the county seat of New Madrid County. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little confusing. If you look at a map of Missouri, on the bottom right-hand side, there is that little thing that goes down into Arkansas that is called the Boot Hill of Missouri because shaped like a boot. Right at the top of that boot hill, against the Mississippi River, there's a county there that is kind of shaped like a, a backwards L. That's New Madrid County. It is the northernmost county that's considered still to be in part of the boot hill. One of the interesting things about New Madrid, the city, is that it was founded in 1778 by Bernardo de Galvez. And then 12 years later, it was traded back to France. So that area had all been part of France before. There's some other towns in Missouri there that are older than that. St. Genevieve, just up the river, French. Cape Girardeau, St. Louis, all those towns were French. Then Spain traded it back to France in 1800. And then in 1803, Napoleon, that Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte, was having a bunch of issues because he was fighting a war across Europe. And he sold that whole territory known as the Louisiana Purchase, which was a lot of land west of the Mississippi. It included Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska. It, it included a ton of stuff. That came along with it. Missouri was part of that. That was 1803. That kind of takes us to where this song, New Madrid, is talking about. If you go down to the river, they have a museum there, and they have five flags flying. And those are the five places that have been over New Madrid. What I mean by that is Spain was first because they created it then it was given to france then it was sold to the united states then in the civil war new madrid actually had a confederate government so it was so they have the confederate flag flying and then missouri so they have five flags flying yes they have the correct csa flag up the stars and bars not the confederate battle flag that you see so much today they have the right one that takes us to the time period of where this song is talking about what it's talking about is the New Madrid Seismic Zone, which probably no one has ever heard of that's listening to this. It stretches from, here you go, here's another Midwestern type city, Cairo, Cairo, Illinois. Yeah, spelled exactly like Cairo, Egypt, Cairo, Illinois, to south of Memphis. The epicenter of kind of that area is the New Madrid, in, in New Madrid, Missouri. But what I really want to talk about and what this particular song is talking about, well, it's talking about two things. It's talking about the New Madrid earthquakes of 1811 and 1812. And then it's talking about something closer to my time, a thing that happened in 1990 when I was there and when I was in high school. We'll first talk about the earthquakes. In December of 1811, January and February of 1812, some of the biggest earthquakes in U.S. history happened. They are the biggest earthquakes east of the Rocky Mountains. The dates of these earthquakes were on December 16, 1811, there was a 7.2 to 8.2. And then another one on the same day that was 7.4. And then on January 23rd, 1812, there was one about 7 to 8. And then on February 7th, 1812, there was the biggest one, somewhere between 7.4 and 8.6. And this song starts out, the very first verse... Burn, and then run backwards. 
So what they're talking about there in the rivers burn and run backwards is that around New Madrid County, the river kind of does an S shape. And there's a fault that runs right underneath that S, kind of splits that S in half. And what it did, there was a cleavage along this real foot fault where the south side of the river lifted, some say about 30 feet, and it created waterfalls, and it made the river run backwards. And there's some eyewitness accounts of this during that time that are, that are pretty cool. Reverend John Steele, who was there, said, and this matches perfectly with the song, the rushing of fire and coals through the water produced a wave that carried the water upstream for the distance of several miles. An eyewitness states that the flatboat he was on carried up the river for about four miles. So can you imagine, the Mississippi River flows south, and during this earthquake, the river actually flowed north, and it carried a riverboat four miles. This was during the February 7, 1812 earthquake. And then Leon Truesdale says, From the deck of the primitive boat, she saw the rapid current of the Mississippi suddenly change its course and run with racehorse speed upstream, accompanied by a sound like the most terrific thunder. John Van Tramp noted, my boat suddenly swung around in the conflicting currents and rapidly shot up the river. Looking ahead, I beheld the mighty Mississippi cut in twain and pouring down a vast opening into the bowels of the earth. I don't know if all of you have seen the Mississippi River, especially around New Madrid area. Well, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Hardly any of you have seen the Mississippi River around New Madrid area. The Mississippi River around New Madrid is very wide, and I can't imagine the earth actually making it go backwards there. But it did a couple other things too. During that same time, when the real foot fault lifted up, the water actually poured out onto the east side, onto the Tennessee side, and it created an entire lake called Real Foot Lake. Real Foot Lake is still there today. It rang church bells all the way in Boston, Baltimore, and Philadelphia. I mean, I can't imagine an earthquake in Missouri ringing bells 1,500 to 2,000 miles away. It seems... A little far-fetched to me, but that's what happened. In Kentucky, the famous ornithologist, bird watcher, John James Audubon, who is having some issues right now in the press. He apparently was a slaver and had some other issues. But anyway, he made a statement that at that instant, all the shrubs and trees began to move from their roots. The ground rose and fell in successive furrows like the ruffled waters of a lake. One of the things that it also did, which is kind of weird, and you can still see today, if you go around the area, it created these things called sand blows. Godfrey LeSueur stated on sand blows that the earth was observed to be as if it were rolling in waves of a few feet in height with visible depressions between. By and by, these waves or swells were seen to burst, throwing up large volumes of water, sand, and a species of charcoal. What happens is, underneath the ground, there are there's a bunch of sand, and sand has a lot of water in between it and when the earth shakes the sand gets compacted and the water breaks through the top and as it's breaking through the top it shoots sand straight up i believe unless i'm wrong here and i didn't write it down i believe that's called liquefaction i might be wrong but also during liquefaction things can sink there's a lot more about the new matter earthquake because that was just a very small snippet but what i want to get to as well in today and i don't want to spend all day doing it because this is there's a lot in here uh, the second verse of this song says this is talking about in 
1991. Supposed to be 1990. When Ivan Browning predicted an earthquake. And we're going to go ahead and go on to the fourth and fifth verses, and then we'll come back to Ivan Browning. And although he's getting old, Mr. Browning has a prediction. So what they're talking about here is Ivan Browning was a self-pertained climatologist. He wasn't, he did have a doctorate in zoology with a minor in genetics and bacteriology, but he wasn't an actual climatologist. But what he believed was that climate fluctuations caused mostly by volcanic activity were causing a change in the Earth's atmosphere that was going to set off an earthquake in New Madrid. He wrote four books. He held 90 patents. I mean, the guy was a smart guy, obviously. He served as a climatologist and business consultant to Payne Weber. He made a prediction that there was a 50-50 chance of a major earthquake and that it would happen on December 2nd or 3rd, 1990. He based it on weather patterns and many, 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 lots of minis. People believed him. Lots of people believed him where I lived. I can remember it. In 1990, the town of New Madrid had about 3,350 people, and it got bombarded by media. So what it's talking about in these verses is, coming from New York City, all of the media came to New Madrid. The whole county of New Madrid County, I didn't look it up how many people it has, but I'm going to say 20,000, maybe? I don't know. There's no big towns in, in New Madrid County. New Madrid is probably the biggest town at 3,350 people. It's a big county, but there's not too many people that live there. The town I lived in, Morehouse, only had uh, maybe 1,200 at that time. Now it's down below 900. Very small towns all over the place. There was a scare. People were leaving town. I mean, it was not just leaving town, leaving the area. But all the hotels were booked because the media came down. There were <laughs> people that sold shirts. It was like a, a major event. It was kind of like when Ted Bundy was about to get executed. There was a whole big party of people outside the prison that were selling shirts and, you know, making money off of food and doing concessions and all that kind of stuff. So this is what New Madrid turned into. It really was probably the biggest thing that ever happened in New Madrid, minus the earthquakes, of course. Nothing happened. Of course nothing happened. I can remember myself being slightly frightened because the, the story was at the time that Ivan Browning had predicted the Northridge earthquake that had happened previous to that. And I don't know if he actually did. In all of my searching for this, I can't find that he actually predicted correctly that. So I think there was a little fear-mongering at the time that really scared people. But even to this day, and they still say that there's chance for another earthquake i think it's 20 to 50 percent in the next 50 years that there'll be an earthquake as big as there was in 1811 and 1812 
1811 and 1812 earthquakes didn't do a lot of damage because honestly there was nothing there. It didn't even get sold. It didn't. The town of New Madrid didn't even exist till 1778, and it wasn't large at that time. I can't imagine how many people it had. But in 1811, it didn't have very many people. But today, and even the big towns around, Memphis wasn't even founded yet. St. Louis was around, but it wasn't a very big place in 1811. But today, especially if you think about the fact that it was powerful enough to ring bells in Boston, what would that do to St. Louis and Memphis? And quite honestly, from growing up there and living there, I know that those places aren't ready for that kind of thing to happen. Most people don't even know about it. And even there, prior to 1990, when Mr. Browning made this prediction, I'm not 100% sure that I knew about it. But I've never talked to anyone outside of there that actually knew about the new Madrid Seismic Zone. It's really weird because it's all flat land, so it's one of those things that you wouldn't think happened. And I did a lot of research on it. Not exactly qualified to say exactly why it happens. And there are many theories. There is no 100% this is what happens based on the fact that it's just weird. If you take a if you take a look at the entire world's earthquake patterns and volcano patterns, they all follow the tectonic plates, right? So most of your earthquake happen on those tectonic plates, which typically are run where mountains are at. The tectonic plates are pushing up and the mountains go up. And when that's happening, the plates are hitting each other. And during that hit, they can there can sometimes be earthquakes when they release the pressure. In New Madrid, or in that whole area, the Mississippi Valley area, there are no mountains at all. It's completely flat land. At the time, it was all swamp land. Now they've drained it off, and it's all farmland, but there's nothing there. So some scientists believe that it's actually a subduction, where it goes under the ground, and that causes the... There's a plate there that can shift. Some believe that there used to be a tectonic plate that is being pushed underneath the current plate of the United States, and that plate is what causes it. I, Like I said, I'm not, I don't know, and I'm not a <laughs> expert on anything with geology, but it's weird that in the middle of a flatland there would be some earthquakes that could be that huge, could be that dangerous. One of the things I was worried about, because I lived in Morehouse, and Morehouse is you can put a shovel into the ground and you can hit water. And the... The ground there, we call it gumbo. I don't know what the official name for it is, but that's what we called it. It's like a sticky, gooey, clay-type substance. And what they told us back at the time, or at least what I remember and what I was being scared about, was the liquefaction is, as the ground's shaking like crazy, the water comes up and it's like quicksand. And I always had this fear that our house was just going to sink right into the ground based on the fact that the water table was so high. I don't know if that would have happened, but as a child, that was my fear. So that kind of ends the chapter on the New Madrid seismic zone and Mr. Browning's prediction that didn't come true. Now we can move on to the episode that's going to be in a couple weeks. And I don't really, this song is hard for me to explain how to get to what the title is. Remember in homework, you're supposed to find the band and the title. The band's kind of easy. The band was created by someone mentioned in this episode. So I talked about that. The song is another song about Missouri. And, you know, obviously I'm from Missouri and there's the stuff there is interesting to me. So that'll be some of the stuff I talk about. This was actually going to be the very first episode of this podcast before I switched up to do the, the three 
that we did. This song is about a ghost town in Missouri, and I'm going to give you the name. It doesn't say it in the song, but hopefully you can find the name of the song by giving you the name of the town. The song is about a ghost town in Missouri, and the ghost town is called Times Beach. I really hope everyone is having a good time with this podcast. I've been hearing a lot of great feedback, and it's pretty darn exciting. We have a lot of places that you can talk to us. We have Twitter. You can talk to me at The Liner Project. You can talk to me at my account, at Ronnie Lutz. My wife's on there, at Shauna Lutz. She's the driving force behind all the creative stuff that happens. You can talk to me on Facebook. I have a page there, at The Liner Project. I'm there at Ronnie Lutz. Just started Facebook only to promote this podcast. Never really been on Facebook before. Finding out I'm pretty liberal compared to other people. That's another story. You can There's a Slack room that you can get into, and we talk about stuff about the episodes, stuff about music. It's a pretty fun place. There is Instagram, where we post the Song of the Day mixtapes and some other fun stuff. There's a TikTok, where we post some dumb stuff that's fun, if you like that. We do some Did You Knows and some other fun stuff. There is the website, thelinerproject.com, where you can go and see all the information about the podcast. There is a t-shirt out right now about a playlist that I made. The playlist is called My Playlist is Killer. The t-shirt has cassette tapes on the front of it with names of songs that are off of this playlist. My Playlist is a Killer. I talked about it earlier in a different episode. We're going to, in October, we're going to do one song every day from this playlist. You'll be able to subscribe to it. It's for Halloween. Every song on this playlist is about our killer, about killers, serial killers, mass killers, or maybe it's by a killer. There is one on there that is by a killer. But the shirt is out. You can purchase one. Teespring, I'll put the links in the show notes. All the links to all the information that I talked about today will be in the show notes. And I'm so excited that you're listening. Have a great day.